like. People deluded, I'm back again. Obviously, first things first, I hope everyone's doing well and safe. Cut the track, because I can't do my usual intro. Source, you're one cheeky fella. Man said, man's later than Obber these days. I'm annoyed, card. that's so perfect, yeah. First things first, big up everyone you did. I'm late, because I'm uploading content for you lot, man. I'm making sure we're all cushy for 11.30. I've re-uploaded the Graham one on YouTube for you lot. I've set up a couple of other bits and pieces, man. It's not a like Obamian, or to be fair, it's not a like Obamian, because I'm actually on form. You can do what you want when you're popping, man. Obviously, if I lose my form and I start moving shaky, by all means, throw the book at me, you cheeky guy, bro. You threw my whole live stream in off by that comment man you killed me but that was funny on a serious note one love to everybody that's tuned in i hope everyone's doing well and safe second day of the week hope you all had a fantastic monday hope you all have a fabulous tuesday let's make sure we're having a good week and we're finishing strong it's christmas at the end of it it's almost the end of the year so let's make sure we're finishing it strong as usual you can't do any of them things there without health so uh you know on top of me hoping for the best for you lot with your goals hopes dreams aspirations and ambitions you can't do anything without your health you ain't got health you're dead so yeah wishing you all physical health mental health spiritual health Obviously, finances are important. Financial health as well, man, is what it is. Man just got out of his overnight. One love to the nine-to-fivers, man. I know it's all bants, man. It's all bants, man. You lot make it for what it is. But, um, yeah, obviously, it's a big day of content today, people. I'll drop the links in a sec. I think the night bot's done it. But we're here at 10 a.m. We'll go over to YouTube at 11.30 till whenever. Uh, live from 6.45, I'm going to be doing a watch-along. Obviously, it's Arsenal versus Sunderland today. You've got a couple of cup fixtures today. Obviously, I believe uh, Liverpool, Leicester, Brentford. Well, when I say today, I mean today and tomorrow. You've got Arsenal, Sunderland, obviously. You've got um, Liverpool, Leicester, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure it's Brentford, Chelsea. And then you've got a London derby in Tottenham versus Spurs. So, yeah, man, what? A place in the semi-finals awaits all these teams. Those are some interesting fixtures and things like that. Obviously, where Arsenal are concerned, I hope we avoid a giant killing. I hope we avoid embarrassment getting smacked up by Sunderland. Based on Arteta's comments, I'm inclined to believe there will be rotation within the side. Um, I'm not going to complain against that. We we should have enough to beat Sunderland. We do need rotation and we do need to keep people fresh and probably, you know, Get some ring rust out of a, a couple, you know. I look at Smith Rowe, I wouldn't say he's lacking match fitness, but he's been on the bench, got a little 20, 30 minutes last two games. He could potentially start, get some cobwebs out. Obviously, Tavares lost his place, so, you know, he could get a minute. Pepe doesn't know what first-team football is. Guys like that need to play. I'd imagine Nketiah plays. I would love to see young... Um, Charlie Patino and Balogun on the bench as well, if I'm completely honest with you. Um, I do expect Nketiah to start. Uh, where Tottenham, you know, Tottenham have gone out of one cup without even playing, you know, again, the history of whatnot. Tottenham versus West Ham is due to be an entertaining one. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, you got a glimpse about Spurs, about what Conte could be on. You know, you know what you're going to get. They're going to be a bit more rigid defensively. They're going to defend a bit more better as a team. And, you know, they're going to be devastating on the counter. I'm not here to defend Spurs, but I do find it funny when Pep Guardiola, when, you know, Jurgen Klopp, when all of these managers that have some of the best teams in the world, they complain that teams sit back against them. What do you expect? You know, what do you expect? They can't outrun Liverpool. They can't play them off the park. 
Same goes with City. So what do you expect teams to do? They're going to double down on what they're good at and they're going to mitigate against you lot. I feel as good as Spurs were on the counter-attack, and I think they could have they could have really won at Liverpool, um, as much as they were good on the counter-attack, and I know Liverpool were having injuries, you saw the absence Van Dijk and Fabinho gives you, away from just ability in terms of talking, because that back line, on top of just being probably too high in that Spurs game, and maybe Klopp, because he never had certain players, could have adapted that, you know, they're all out of place. They were disjointed. Fullbacks, the centre-halves are disjointed. Fabinho, which is that safety net in front of the defence, isn't there. And the midfield aren't, aren't having a good game either. Spurs had some devastating counter-attacks. And I don't want Conte to make it happen. You know, I do enjoy when Conte sits there and he says comments like, oh, this is the hardest job of my life. Personally, I think he's going to be be bolder than Lacazette or, or Pep Guardiola by the end of his Tottenham Hotspur tenure. Or at least I hope that's the case. But yeah, man, they could potentially build something and whatnot. But yeah, there's some interesting games. Obviously, you'd imagine West Ham, I hope West Ham can win. I can't lie, I think Tottenham might edge it. Uh, Liverpool versus Leicester, again, hope Brendan Rodgers can do a thing, but I'd imagine Liverpool do what they need to do in that cup competition. I do think there's going to be a lot of players being rested and obviously the time of the year, the fixtures, what's going on globally, you have to worry about your players' physicality that much more now. And obviously there's a fixture pile or pile up or a backlog of fixtures to eventually come into the calendar. You, you add into that pre-season, you add into that a Winter World Cup and it really does throw into debate the physical, mental welfare of footballers really because I, I just think you've got to look at the Premier League. The Premier League are not locking off any of these games because at, at base level, Premier League is entertainment. It's an entertainment product. To you and I, it's football, but to the greater world, it's no different from, you know, MTV and that it's an entertainment the, the players are entertainers um, and obviously you know you lock off the games which I think you will see behind closed doors you lose the controversy of talking about the rest you obviously lose Mo Salah doing what he's doing Trent doing what he's doing and all the other players of all the other clubs what they're doing or not doing you lose your Aubameyang talking points going into a potential Arsenal game today or Saturday so I do think it raises debate in relation to just general welfare of footballers, I know they they they're fitter than ever and whatnot, and and I know on the best of days we talk about burnout, but I do think it it, it raises into question general welfare and where the fans are. I think this tells you the Premier League don't give a shit about you lot because you know you got to remember. You know, how can you curb? I'm not saying fans, you know, for me anyways, I understand how football can provide a mental escape. I've told you lot already when I was just in a dark place down, you know, I, I wouldn't say I wanted to commit suicide because I I, I I just didn't get to that stage, but you know, it was really bleak in it. The Emirates was just somewhere to, it felt like somewhere to be. It felt, it put my mind to rest. It done all these things. I've told you lot this before. Um, so I can understand on the best of days why fans, you know, are so desperate to go back to grounds and things like that. And because it's at base levels, a sense of belonging. Obviously, when you've got Corona, you've got, you know, it raises depression. You know, it raises when people have to be in their yards, it raises the, the the debate around depression, unfortunately, domestic violence and all of these sort of things. So I get it where football fans are concerned. It provides an escape. Um, but when you look at things like, what was it, Burnley Villa, these, the fans are congregating. It's locked off two hours before. You can imagine, you know, everybody's mixing. People are buying programmes. People are buying food. People are talking. People are driving, taking bike, you know, on the, on the trains, whatever. Everybody's congregating. And this is obviously rising the potential risk of COVID. So I think the natural step, the natural progression we're going to see 
it's following Germany. I think uh, Wales actually come out today with it, you know, or yesterday or something behind closed doors. And as an Arsenal fan, away from the seriousness of this, I'm a bit concerned because Arsenal fans are starting to be noisy at the Emirates. You know, our atmosphere is improving. So it would be a shame if that were to be the case. And then obviously you throw into the point where, you know, as an Arsenal fan, we're not good away from home. So you eliminate the 12th man suddenly, you know, behind closed doors. It is what it is. Of course, for the fans, it's, it's not the same. For the players, it's not the same. I feel it does take a bit of the sting out of the games. It does make it a bit even, but it takes a bit of the sting. Like, I'm not a big fan of this artificial, you know, man are playing soundtracks off YouTube and that why the players are playing, acting like there's crowds or cardboard cutouts. As you know, you can't you can't replicate atmosphere. It has to be authentic, and who better than the fans? So obviously, health is wealth. Health is the first thing, people. Um, but if we if we were to look at it, if I just share my screen with you, lot, I don't know if it's actually shared at this moment. Big up everybody tuned in. Uh, Premier League set to continue with clubs determined to complete festive fixtures. We all know all the, a majority of the teams did want some sort of break or something around this. You know, Arsenal the same. The majority of Premier League clubs want to continue playing throughout the festive period despite a spate of recent postponements due to COVID-19 outbreaks. Premier League club executives staged a virtual meeting via Zoom on Monday after the weekend's fixture list had been decimated by several outbreaks of COVID-19. As you can see, obviously, we're reading this on The Athletic. The Athletic revealed on Sunday that clubs were set to debate whether or not to postpone an entire round of festive fixtures, but it is understood a large majority of clubs wish to play on. Some clubs, including Liverpool and Tottenham, supported moving one round of fixtures and it is understood they were not the only ones to speak up in favour of the idea, but others argued that such a plan was too complex and riddled with miss, with risk. Now, obviously, it all depends, you know, again, to be a bit devil's advocate, health is health, health is wealth and health is the most important but you know this is there's different vested interests the, the, according to what your team's currently going through you know if you've got your fit players as sinister as it sounds if your team's done a bit better in terms of fitness you don't want to lock off the games within reason and moving away from the human element because when other teams get fit is what it is where if your teams that have been struggling for a variety of reasons you know you're gonna want this so there's different vested interests right is right wrong is wrong the only thing that should matter is health unfortunately that isn't always the case now you can imagine some clubs were in favor than others um so, yeah, any postponement would come at an economic cost to the Premier League. And that's why it's not happening. As I said, there's no if there's no, you know, no seats on bums is one thing and they'll take the pinch, but they'll still at least have their TV packages. They're not locking this off until people die and until the government say you have to do something. You think Premier League is going to take initiative? They don't care about us. They don't care about you lot. They showed when people were losing their jobs last year. They don't care about your finances. They'll make you pay stupid money for, for a Z-list fixture, really, and tell you a Super Sunday. They don't care about your health. They don't care about the players. They don't care. They don't even care about having integrity in terms of refereeing. They, they do not care. The show must go on. You live to work and work to live where, where the Premier League's concerned, people. And they don't want to miss out on this Amazon Prime money, which obviously, you know, uh, which could affect certain things. Um, a third option, halting the season completely, was also discussed, although it is understood that no club argued in favour of such a move. Again, I am not no fight, no no director of of doctor stuff. I don't know anything about COVID beyond what we know. But again, I do think it's probably too early to talk about locking off the Premier League in entirety um, and whatnot. And I do think away from the virus, a bad precedent is being set 
around, you know, vaccinated players. You know, if that's what we're, if, if you're allowed to discriminate against vaccinated players, even though you're not wrong, what precedent does this set? Really and truly, I think this is setting some very dangerous precedences that could be used for sinister things away from looking after people's health, but could be used by certain people to 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 to, to, to want to mess with the, with society. I think this is a neck. Generally, it it scares me away from COVID. What the stuff around this this sort of stuff is around in society because it moves from a democracy. If a democracy is even a true thing, and I think it's a fallacy towards a dictatorship state, which I, under the Tories, England are go, England's been already in it. You look at Miss Patel, she's always cripple, crippling some marginalised group of people with every statement that she releases. And then they all run off out the country and go on holiday, you fucking twats. But anyways... Instead, it is most likely Premier League clubs will play on and fulfil their fixtures as planned, despite the Omarion variant rising to COVID-19 cases in the United Kingdom. None of the three options were formally voted on by Premier League's 20 clubs. The Premier League listened to their concerns, but ultimately this decision falls on them. And again, their shareholders do not want things locked off at all. You know, again, I'm not going to carry on um, reading with that, but... Um, and I'm sure you've all seen, you know, there's been articles around the amount of players that are vaccinated around not vaccinated clubs are starting to factor this in when they're signing players. I think the precedent is very, very scary. I'm not going to lie to you lot, people. I, I do think it's scary away from this and safety or not safety and whatnot. I just think a lot of these things we're seeing, these could be used for, quite frankly, no good, if I'm completely honest with you. It's quite scary. But it is what it is. Away from all of that, though, people, apparently the third and fourth... Um, replays in the FA Cup are set to be scrapped in a bid to ease fixture congestion. Now, I feel sorry for the smaller clubs. As a, as an ignorant fan of a Premier League team, I, we might need to rely on a replay. But for me, I'm all for that because it's less... Not that Arsenal have the, um, the bare games because we're not in Europe, but you eliminate extra games and extra rotating and things. But we all know with the FA Cup, you know, part of the magic of the FA Cup is seeing, you know, giant killings or seeing, you know, I don't know, ABC United might go to... Anfield and they get, you know, they, I mean, Liverpool might come to their ABC United's ground and Liverpool don't beat them. So it forces a replay at Anfield. That's a good day out for the fans, you know, of that smaller club, you know, the people connected, the players, because respectively, for a lot of people just using Anfield, whether it's Emirates, Anfield, you know, Barcelona, all these big grounds, I'm going abroad, you know, as, as, as sad as it sounds. It's not really sad, but I said as it sounds, that's the highlight, bro. Not too many people in life can say they've played at Anfield. Forget winning a league and doing all these things. Not many people can say they've played at these grounds. So I do feel it for these smaller clubs where it's a man might be semi-pro or whatever, you know, they get to rub shoulders at big big grounds with big players and, and whatnot. And just, you know, that's something to tell the grandkids. So you're robbed of that. You're ob obviously robbed of the money that can be raised via playing at home and away, especially against the bigger clubs. Um, but it's probably a natural progression. And obviously with COVID-19 fears in place, it makes sense. The third round is set to take place from the 7th of January through to the 10th next year. The fourth round is likely to be scheduled almost a month, just under a month uh, Um later for february the 5th slash 6th people so yeah it is what it is so we see what other articles are there um football matches in wales to be played behind closed doors from boxing days you lot can see there people uh again you've not seen the efl suspended despite covid outbreaks causing multiple postponements as you know the premier league is set to con continue uh what else have we got here 
with what's going on. I mean, a lot was said about the biannual World Cup, and you've got UEFA Nations League inviting, um, inviting obviously other other nations from other continents to be involved. We might even see two World Cups, really and truly. Apparently, FIFA has refused to back down over its plans of a biannual World Cup and has promised the additional tournaments would create an extra 3.3 billion in revenue every four years. Money talks, and allegedly they've all they've also promised nations or federations of nations if they join certain money. As you know, money talks, cash is king, bound envelopes, FC is what these men deal with. Um yeah, man. He's refused to say whether he'll force the issue by putting the controversial proposal to a vote, vote at the next FIFA Congress, people. On Monday, FIFA presented a feasibility study from consultancy agency Nielsen into a biannual men's and women's World Cup at a virtual global summit. It was told that this agency predicted two World Cups in, in a four-year period would generate 3.3 billion in extra revenue, rising from 5.3 to 6.8. 8.6, sorry, people. So, yeah, that's quite interesting. Leeds, sorry, I've been fined by the FA for a breach following the Chelsea match. It's not been good at Leeds at all, really and truly. I'm sure you can all see this Phil Folding incident. Don't worry, I can see it as well, folks. Um, Allegedly, Pep Guardiola warns Manchester City players over off-field behaviour after dropping Jack Grealish and Phil Folding. As you know, they were left out of the Newcastle starting eleven after they were pictured at a club. And to be fair with you, we've been saying it, you know, City... A night out with them City players. Imagine the team you've got. Man them. Imagine the team you've got. Imagine the squad. You know what could be done. You've got Grealish. You've got Foden. You've got Stones. You've got, you know, Raheem Sterling. You've got a serious squad. A serious squad. You know, you just shout the United. You know, shout. You just got a cool Rashford and Sancho and all of them brothers there. See what the Liverpool man are saying. Sprinkle some, you know, Dominic Calvert-Lewin and... You know, Damari Gray and them live them Everton man or the people living around them sides. You might even be able to shout the Leeds ones. You've got a serious squad on the night out, man. Do you know how much bad bees are coming to the table? But I get it. Jack Greal is 25, 26, full third, full fold in early 20s, playing for Man City, living the dream, and they don't get too much downtime. I get it going to the club, people. Uh but yeah, people, apparently, you know, they remained unused substitutes, people, after both were pictured um, to be in a nightclub following the game against Leeds and, cl and claimed City were unhappy with the condition of the pair when they arrived for a recovery session the next the next day. So them and they were plastered, you know. Phil Foden couldn't even hide the fact that he's licked. Foden looks like the sort of brother to get licked off some WKD. Jack Grealish is not his first rodeo, but... I love it, man. You know, I love it. I love it. It's not rotation. I decided on this team because they deserve to play these guys and not the other ones. At Christmas time, I pay a lot of attention to behavior on and off the pitch. And when off the pitch is not proper, proper, they're going to be, they're not going to be played. Still in the squad, though. So you have to be focused all the time because of the distractions at Christmas time and everything that happens. You still have to be focused. And that's true. You need to think about, you know, these are short, on a serious note, these are short term pleasures, you know. There's plenty of time to go raving. You're trying to fight in fight for a league title. You ain't got time for this, really and truly. Um, is what it is. So yeah, and they've been, both been well. Grealish has, has been kind of struggling for goals, but I think he's fitted in well. Foden's clearly a bad boy. So yeah, that's it. The man there just got caught doing the dirty. Uh, you know, 
I would prefer, you know, I know Wambasaka kind of struggles to go forward on the pitch, but flying forward in the car isn't a problem of his. The Manchester United defender's been banned for driving for six months and fined 30,000. This comes after he admitted earlier this year to driving while disqualified and without insurance. Bro, you're moving like you're on the block, bro. You're a professional hoopla. He's been given a six-month driving ban at Manchester Magistrates Court. He had previously pled guilty to failing to provide driver details for two speeding offences in September of last year, People. Some say he was chasing the foot. You know, he must have had a horrible first touch, and he's chasing his foot. He's chasing his first touch. That's what some say. He's also been ordered to pay a victim sur sur surcharge of 190, and the court costs. See how they start zanging you? Fuck it, hell, blood. Shit can get costly, but yeah, man, Wambasaka has to hold his L for that. On a very serious note and an unfortunate note, Vincent Company has been racially abused by Club Rouge fans again in Belgium. Someone that's played for their country, but as, as we know, especially when you represent nations that you're not necessarily from historically, they'll always remind company, Lukonga, Origi, Benteke, Lukaku, when things go wrong, you'll always be reminded that you're of Congolese descent or wherever your parents are from, same with England, you know, but Kyle Saka, you know. He's no longer misses a penalty. He's all, he's all of a sudden he's of he's got Nigerian parents. You know it, it gets brazy. Raheem Sterling, Jamaican born, when things go wrong. You know it's brazy. Mesut Ozil for Germany, man, are Turkish when things go wrong. You know for France, Benzema, he's you know he's East African when things go wrong. And this is a this is a constant reminder, really and truly, of what these lot truly think of you. You know, regardless of what you've done. Yeah, you can say it's just football and whatnot. And the wickedest thing is, bear these lot. We, we know they're cowards, in it? That's why they're saying it in, in crowds and whatnot. You wouldn't say it to company's face. Have you seen the size of his forehead, blood? You, listen, you might catch an M case. But anyways, he said, I leave the match disgusted. My staff and I were insulted during the whole game. Racist insults that were aimed at the players too. And unfortunately, from lower level to professional level in this country, all over, you know, you're seeing a rise of these things, man. It's brazy. It's absolutely brazy. He was disgusted. You know, obviously, this come after Anderlecht and Club Bruges drew 2-2. And again, I, I swear Club Bruges have black players as well. So, yeah, he said, anyways, I leave this match disgusted. My staff and I were insulted during the whole game. Racist insult insults that were aimed at the players too. The day ends badly. I'm going to get together with my staff and people who matter to me. We, we should still not have to go through this. It's unfortunate, but nothing's going to change, you know. Look, look, well, respectfully, this is all that's going to happen. I know that Anderlecht have nothing to do with it, but that's all that's going to happen. Say no to racism. Racism bad. Probably get a minimum fine. You've probably got more. Again, I'm not saying companies should get violent, but you probably... It, it's going to get to that point. Someone's just going to punch someone. Someone's actually going to just duffy someone, and it is what it is, and they're going to come hard. They're going to come harder on that person than all of this nonsense. Here we go. These individuals are not representative of the values and norms of our club and have no place. Yeah, sure they don't. You know, it's unfortunate, man. We know things like that don't belong. Yeah, man, it's it's it's, it's very unfortunate. It's very disgusting. It has no place. Again, but how many times have we said this? How many times do we know this? Like, it's, it's common sense, really and truly, isn't it? It, it, it? it really is, man. It's just dead. It's just, it's just, it's really, really dead. But what are you going to do, eh? And what are you going to do? But yeah, away from that, look what happened with Cantona. He jumped in the crowd, you know, exactly. But man, I'm going to get doppied. Because the thing is, people, you know, fans on the, away from racism, fans have this, like, can you pay money 
you lot are my horse sort of thing. I can talk to players. I can talk to anyone. I can just anyone in general. How many times have you lot been in a retail store? I know a lot of us, myself included. I think it's character building. How many times have you worked? I don't know in a in a in, in a supermarket or just within retail. And because somebody is paying or their customer, yeah, the customer is always right, but the customer can't talk to you like a dickhead and they act a certain sort of way. I think that's how football is. And I think together with, you know, people feeling like they can't act like how they used to act in society and a small minority of people that want to go on racist and go on bad and continue to act like cowards. These are the only refugees, refugees they have where they can congregate and, and, Come, come together and make up all their noise because these lot will go back in. They'll probably arts company, probably arts company. One of them probably walk past company, don't even know them. Arts for a picture. It's crazy, man. It's cowardly. It's, it's disgusting. Hashtags, knees, you know, fancy. I don't even know what the camera effect is, but certain you can't see the green screen, but they'll get a green screen. They'll make the color. You know, how it's black and white, so you can't see picture. Those everybody, you know, they'll get a white man, black man, white girl, black girl. You know, gay man, straight man, tall man, small man, Asian man, that man, East Asian, uh, East Asian. I don't know. I can't remember the other sort of Asian. You've got South Asian, East Asian, South Asian. You get a bunch of people. Everyone will have their turn and go. Say no to racism. Racism is bad. And that's it. You know, it costs more to, but you know, you, well, you got to get photographers, all them things probably cost more to do that than actually doing the right things. But this tells you their priorities. They don't care about fixing racism because half of the people that are at the top, they might have been victims. Certain men might be victims of racism, but they're crabs in a bucket. You throw them some money. They don't simply care. You know, they're, they're living on an island, you know, they, they as far as they're concerned, because that's one thing we need to talk about as much as racist. Certain black youths or People of colour, they get in a position and then they it's a crabs in a bucket. They snake it. They, they, they're not involved anymore. You know, you, you, you have that. And then you have people who have no recollection of racism. So they don't know how it feels. You know, they don't know how it feels to be degraded. And they simply don't care. This is the life we live in. Probably missed it yesterday. But what's your take on the quality of refs in the EPL DG, brother? Shit, bro. What can I say? You know, on the other hand, as much as I say this shit, I might be being a conspiracy theorist, but to their bosses, I think they're doing a good job. I think the referees are designed to create controversy because it gets people talking. Me and you were talking. I'm on Twitch talking. Sky Sports probably did hella different segments. You know, I the, the Premier League is about entertainment. That is entertainment sort of thing. It's talking points. It's like if it was a TV show, everybody's talking about it. Oh, Squid game, boom, boom, boom. So I don't think they want refereeing decisions to be right. You can't criticise refs. As you've put there, you know, incompetent, incompetency is probably too even strong of a word. There needs to be a next word, you know. And what annoys me, you'll see, for instance, you'll see the Harry Kane moment. A pen, a, a, two red cards will be given for, for him and Robertson. One might be given for Kane and not Robertson. One might be given for Robertson and not Kane, you know. Jota's penalty is given in another game. For me, it's just a consistency in that you'll see the same old things happen and then they'll give us the same old recycled reason as to why that hasn't happened. It's like the same incidences are happening and it's very subjective. You know, we had the week before it was the penalties. Now, no one, listen, respectfully, no one thinks it's a penalty all the time, innit? Like, for me, Ben White's penalty, that's a Stonewall penalty. Don't understand how Arsenal didn't get one away from home at Old, um, at Old Trafford. There are times where I think Arsenal have got away with it as well. But there's also been times it's not making sense, really. And I do, one thing I don't like about referees is you're not allowed to call them biased. You know, they watch football like us and they even, you know, Peter Walton kind of came out and indirectly said, you know, if a player's got a reputation, he's going to be judged wrong. 
you know, and that's the bad thing. If I conclude that Xhaka is a fire hazard and he's a he, he, he's a murderer, any tackle he makes, I'm gonna probably card him. If I think Zaha is a is is a diver, he might not be diving, but my bias is that he's a diver, so I'm gonna give him that. Just from me doing my little talent ID scouting course, I learned to see conscious and unconscious bias in a different aspect, more so obviously when you're scouting players. So I then flipped it on its head, you know, and you have confirmation biases as well. If, Like I said, if Zaha hasn't dived and I think he's dived and then I go and ask one of my favourite favorite, uh, referee and one of my favourite, one of my favourite, one of my refereeing boys and he says the same thing, but we're wrong. That's a confirmation bias. I'm seeking people who have the same opinion as me indirectly. Um, I just, I don't understand it really. I don't understand. This is the most... If a manager's incompetent, he loses his job. If a player's incompetent, there's in, there's question marks. If a club's in, incompetent, you you see it. Referees are allowed to be incompetent week in, week out, and it's the same old individuals, really. This is what this is what jars me, man. And then I might be looking at it a bit too um, a bit thingy, but when we start adding football biases and society biases in, you can see why certain players are going to be judged harsher than others. You know. It's, 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 for instance, it's, it's been knowing whether it's medical or in society, there's an unconscious bias that black people do not feel pain as much as their white counterparts or anything else, which is clearly bullshit and clearly wrong. Everyone feels pain. But if I get clamped now and my man's chopped off my leg, when I'm going to say my leg's not hurting? If my white friendly legs get chopped off, they're going to say it. And if I look at Arsenal, one thing that pissed me off many years ago, were labelled soft. So you've seen Eduardo, DRB, Bear man's legs just get broken, you know. I'm not going to lie. I think these same things are happening. I remember when Trent Alexander-Arnold had a very cunting tackle on, on Saka a few years ago. I'm not going to lie. I think Robertson, nine times out of ten, is doing bullshit on the pitch as well like that. Kane is is used to that, you know. I'm sure us as Arsenal, we've done things. I remember Debussy busting his shoulder and that was the end of his Arsenal career when he shoved Bayanatovic, I feel. You know, Kane's always on a cunting thing like that. There's bare incidences of that, so... It's crazy. Even VAR, unpopular opinion. VAR isn't the problem. It's how it's being used or the individuals. I can't. Well, I can't say a computer is a problem. The computer, unless there's some I am some bookie movie thing where somehow VAR develops its own brain and takes over the world and all of those sort of things. It don't make sense. It's how it's being used, you know. So I don't. It's the people in charge. It's the same old bullshit, you know. It's the same old bullshit. You know, if there was a way where we could move towards some sort of Hawkeye decision thing, then I guess that would be it, man. We have a ref shortage at the moment, which is part of the problem why we get this. And that's probably at all levels, you know. Obviously, I play Sunday League and I see those ref shortages. And for me personally, you know, I think, again, there's a, as Wenger used to say, there's a reason these referees don't go off to the big boy competitions nine times out of ten. I, again, I have never played football in Spain and Italy and all these things at grassroots level. But I see, obviously, we all watch Premier League and some of you, like myself, play Sunday League. You know Sunday League, you're going to have a shit ref. Now, I remember there used to be, my version of a shit ref, we used to have bare yardman refs. I remember one guy used to just smoke dank and, and just stand on the halfway line and we're playing. But he used to own his shitness, you know. If he said it's a foul, it's a foul, you know. There was consistency in the shitness sort of things. you get it? And we used to have Mookie refs that just used to say play on. You know, for me, when a ref is shit, as long as they own their shitness and they're just being class, I can accept it. It's when someone's just doing bullshit, but you're told play to the whistle. Every week I'm seeing horrible refs. I see penalties given in Sunday League, which are not pens, yellow cards, just, 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 just damn right, just, just, just damn right inconsistencies in it. 
So I think at this at all levels, there's a problem with refereeing in this country. You know, I genu I genuinely think that in a in the same way, there's got to be a correlation why you don't really, unless they're ex-footballers or that or, or stuff like that, you don't really get your, you know, your your Saris and things like that. Sari was a banker, he's then started playing, he's then started coaching and things. You don't really get that because of you look at the prices of 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 coaching within this country. Or when you do get good stories where it might be a man like I don't know, you look at uh Warburton, Mark Warburton, who's at who's at uh QPR, you eventually got there. Um there's a couple of there's a couple of stories like that, but then you get the ones where Graham Potter he has to go out and then come in, or you get what's the what's the guy that used to be the Chelsea coach? He was Chelsea coach. I think he followed Carlo Ancelotti to um to he followed him to Bayern Munich for sure. PSG and I'm sure Madrid. Paul Clement. You get them sort of stories there, man. You know, and I, and you know what? Yeah, to be fair to refs, I I you know you can earn decent money. You know, I, I was speaking to a ref the other day. He's like he gets fifty pound. You know, I was fifty pound. You do two game. You do two games across the weekend. You know, sat two games on Saturday two games on Sunday. That's decent Guala, but I'm not going to lie, but I've seen, I've seen ref get, refs get crashed off. You might have done the crashing as well. So I understand why a certain man don't even want to be refs at Sunday league level and that, you know, I'm not going to lie. Fuck Fed, but they might as well just, yeah, Howard Webb, you might as well get them ex-feds to be refs because at least for me, it's, the man there in the premise, like they can't control the game. At least if, again, fuck Fed, but, if it was an ex-fed like you saw with Howard Webb, at least there's some element of control again for Fed every now, every every day of the week. But it's like these lot don't. It's not like they're feds or they're teachers or they, it looks like they have no. These refs have no people skills, and it looks like people. These refs, it's like people want to be influencers. People want to be personalities. People got bullied in school, so the minute they get a bit of authority, they're they're showing everyone how big their nuts are. Yeah, it's, it's beaky, bro. 40k a year to be ref, but then again, it's not easy because you're getting criticized all the time. You do have to be very physically fit, but you got to be able to keep up with players. It's not Sunday league where you can just coach in that. And if you, you know, you, you should be getting moved lower down the, down the league. I understand the shortage, but why not come out and just admit the decisions were wrong? Still trying to defend the decisions, just emphasize how bad they are all the way, though, all the way through. You said it there, Frankie. You know, just come out and say, I fucked up. We got it wrong. It's going to frustrate people, but. We can move with it. You said it there. As long as these incompetent refs are in charge of deciding what is worth checking, then these will never improve. Exactly. Exactly, P. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Like, because they're the ones looking at it on the computer and all of that and, and them things. And they've got biases as well. If they think, you know, my man thinks Jota goes down easily, so he thinks Jota might be looking for that pen, which he is looking for it. You know, that's a part of gamesmanship. But it is a pen, you know. Iron Robin used to always finesse it. Like Robin used to be able to, and Di Maria, they used to have that thing where they'll dive, but they they used to put their legs so that you fouled them. You don't even know you're getting twanged. I'm not gonna lie, it, dark arts. That's a dark arts thing. Like I said, half the time we're getting little pens and little things and conscientious moments. Who's not far from the crime scene? Like I said, because he's a street smart individual. He's involved. These are the sort of things that that happen. 40k is dead, rah, boy. Alex, you must be rich, but come employ me. I'm in the wrong thing. 40k a year is dead. You're moving mad, you know. You're moving mad. I want to be like you, man. Whatever you're doing, shout me. Come invest in this thing because we we can, with real investment, we can start making roads towards 50, 100, and etc. You're sounding like you got the Chelsea backing and that, or you got city wages, but perhaps 
forgive me, you know, I play my position. That ain't my tax bracket. I ain't seen that. But I think 40K, if I was earning 40K a year, I'm not saying I wouldn't want to aspire to more, but I that's above the medium living rage over here in London. So psh, them and there are rich, bro. You know, I mean, obviously compared to footballers, yeah, but psh, to be fair, you, everyone's going to be on the Gwendozy thing, but at the same time, I'm be like, yeah, you earn more. Fuck you. To be fair, I don't think footballers are there to dash that in their faces, but I mean, these footballers are pricks when you're pricks to them, man. I mean, they're not your peers, you know? They're not your peers. They're not your friends. You just have to deal with the abuse and have integrity. So it's not even that. But at the same time, I do think refs should learn to manage situations, which they evidently don't, you know? Referees don't manage situations and shit. But yeah, it is what it is, man. What else have we got? Should we look at some transfer news, people? Let's hit that transfer news. Uh, 441. Let's see. Can't be any chance. And obviously, people, I'm being a bit shameless. But before we carry on, obviously, content, content, content. Make sure you're all here. There's hella content to come from the guy. 11.30. Well, no one's hit the like button. Dummy dirty still, but we move. You know, Aubameyang's been linked with a move to Barca. So William said he wanted to leave after three after three months. Why didn't you then? But um, yeah, you got that. And obviously, later, later, later today, one love to everybody who has hit that like button. Uh, Arsenal versus Sunderland live from six forty-five. That's all over there on YouTube. Man said, "How's the FM save coming along? Go and check out the last live stream. It's still up there on Twitch. Unfortunately, we lost the FA Cup final to Man City. I've been to five finals. I've won four. I've lost one. We have to hold the L in it. Uh, we did get Champions League football. Uh, I can't lie to you, P. You're here, so I'll tell you the truth." I played a bit of it when I came off and I've managed to get rid of Tommy Asu, Ainsley Maitland-Niles and a whole bunch of other players and cleared, cleared the ranks. Um, I want to go for the league next year. Obviously, we have a good... I think we've got a good, good team now. Well, I've got Gavi, Jude Bellingham, Odegaard in midfield. I was there trying to get rid of Kessier. Pardon me, but I want the league or the Champions League, man. I want the big boy trophies. I'll be real with you. But um, we'll get into that. Uh, what was we doing? What was we doing? Let's look at the transfer news, though. Allegedly, Newcastle are keen to bolster their attacking options in January with Manchester United's Anthony Martial and Inter Milan's Bosnian frontman Edin Dzeko on their shortlist. Um, where is it? And, and sorry to be shameless as well, people. But me and Graham are also, you know, how can DG be live in two places? It's amazing, isn't it? Uh, me and Graham did a video, which is on Twitch, but it's re-uploaded now onto YouTube. So make sure you're all there. Smash the like button, folks. So, yeah, content, content, content. But where we was concerned with this thing, allegedly Real Madrid are in talks with Antonio Rüdiger in a bid to sign the 28-year-old defender when his contract expires. As we know, um, Everton have joined the, have, have agreed a deal for the Ukrainian left-back, um, Mekhenliko, again. And apparently Luka Dean's been linked with Chelsea. If they could grab him, that could be lit for them, isn't it, really? You know, let's open that somewhere. I can't lie, I like this Julian Alvarez, you who Man United have been linked with the 21 year old. Surely they don't need any more strikers, at least for the next couple of years. Deli Ali's situation is being monitored by Newcastle and West Ham, two clubs that would be good for him. Kingsley Coleman um, is negotiating a contract extension with Bayern Munich and mid interest from United and, and Liverpool. Apparently, Newcastle have offered 
Lucas Pagueta, 181k a week, people. Boy, he's turned it down. So money isn't the only thing, people. And they're also looking at Musa Dembele. Ferran Torres has agreed personal terms with Barcelona. Uh, Vanderson to Brentford is on the verge of collapsing after Monaco stepped in. Aston Villa have made an offer for Liverpool and England defender Joe Gomez. To be fair, Joe Gomez needs some football, really and truly. Juventus are eyeing a move for a striker in January with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, Cavani and Icardi on their all on their shortlist. Apparently, they can only sign someone on loan, so that's, that probably slaps the Vlahovic one out. If only Vlahovic wanted to chat to Arsenal Football Club, we might have half a chance, people. Moving away from that, let's see what Goal.com's transfer news is saying. Please have some new stuff. Barcelona are ready to bid 30 million euros for Dani Almo to bring him back to the capital. You know, he did go to Croatia and Dynamo Zagreb after leaving La Masia. Now he's at Leipzig and he might return home. Milinkovic Savage, I, I mean, you let Pogba go. You're gonna see, you want to sign the exact same guy, basically, really? He's a baller, though, Milinkovic Savage. Apparently, his relationship with Sarri is deteriorating. Apparently, Aspilicueta wants to stay at Chelsea and fight for his space. This comes after the sense of him being linked with Barcelona. He's hoping to land a multi-year contract at the bridge. And, I mean, he's been their captain. He's won a whole bunch of stuff at Chelsea. Um, he's got a young family, I'm sure, having been in England for a number of years. They're comfortable. And a move back to Spain could be something he's up for. But based on that, it doesn't appear that he wants to do that right now. Bielsa won't be at Leeds next season and could be sacked within a month. Boy, you know, it does feel a bit like Wenger at Leeds right now and that, you know, he either needs to adapt, change something else, or it's the nature of the game, the belly of the beast. Arsenal have been linked with Yuri Alberto again, whether that's true or not is another thing. Florentino are planning to sign Lucas Torreira on a permanent deal, according to Nicolo Sharia. Apparently, you know, they have an option to buy him, so go and buy him. Bayern Munich are pushing to re-sign Renato Sanchez. Does he really want to do that? We already had that. We already had that. Tottenham to go back in for Lynette. Apparently, the Eunice Demir could leave Barcelona because they can't afford his release clause. Jonathan Oconi has been linked to Florentina. Looks tired, really. This seems to be the only transfer news, man. Bellingham and Adeniemi are unstoppable. Trust, Adeniemi didn't have the best of seasons for me last season, but you're right in that regards, man. But yeah, folks, man, it doesn't appear that there's anything else to speak about. We've spoken about the Premier League. We've touched on Arsenal, you know, and we've, yeah, it's been a fantastic live stream. As I said, people, the good times are not done because straight after this, you know, well, I say straight, you know what I mean. We head over to YouTube. And we start putting in our shifts. Make sure you're following and subscribing across YouTube and Twitch, people. You know, the journey to 50K on YouTube and 10K on Twitch is what we're trying to do. Obviously, we're going to speak about Abamian. Apparently, William wanted to keep it moving. That's around in 40 minutes. If you are about, hit the like button. Obviously, later today, it's Arsenal versus Sunderland. I'd love for you all to be there. If not, then no worries. Uh, and obviously, make sure you're checking out the grey and thing. Obviously, that's over there on Twitch still, but you can obviously pre it on YouTube if you want. Better than that, everybody stay health, stay blessed, stay healthy. I'm gonna love and leave you lot and go and prepare for the next live stream. It's been a fantastic just under an hour with you guys, as it always is. People, make sure you're checking out the Twitch schedule so you know when the content's coming out and all of those good things. But on that note, stay blessed, stay safe, people. DG. I've been given like